Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths, a community for the spiritually awakened. Denise and I are so grateful that you have joined us once again this week. We hope that wherever you are listening to us, that you're having a beautiful, joyful time. But we wanted to start the show by talking about kind of the weird, funky energy going on right now that might make you feel as though you're not having a beautiful, joyful time. That's a, that's a beautiful, joyful way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, Denise and I were talking before the show that uh, since this full moon and since the lovely month of May has started, people's moods have felt really kind of up and down and sporadic and all over the place. There's been a lot of, uh, and I know I use this word a lot, but it's been very dense. It's been, I'm going to be blunt, a hell of a roller coaster emotionally. A lot of my own personal world and some people that I know, a lot of old stuff coming back, like flashes from from old stuff that was long gone, but it seems to be replaying again. Uh, Mixed communications with people in uh, work environments or social situations or family members. It's been, uh, well, for me or and other folks, very, very, um, not, not a difficult energy, but almost like a head thunk energy, like time to wake up again. Yes, yes. Kind of like we're here again, doing the same thing. But right. it, But I've had moments of, like I've had moments in the last couple of weeks where I wake up feeling so flippin' joyful. Yes. I think, you know, Ed McMahon from 1985 had <laughs> rung my doorbell and told me I won the lottery. And then other moments that are totally opposite. I wanted to share a story from my day yesterday that I feel illustrates the mood going on uh, around us right now perfectly. I woke up yesterday 20 minutes before we all have to leave the house for school with all of our alarms going off, but we were all still sleeping. <laughs> oh my. So I don't know how everyone in my house overslept with all the alarms. Everyone has their own alarm clock. They were all ringing. And then I woke up and was like, oh, everybody get up. And you know, that panicky feeling. Mm-hmm. So we finally get out the door and, you know, with three teenage girls, well, Chloe's only 12, but she might as well be a teenager. They're all elbowing and fighting. Did you take my mascara? (laughs) So we finally get out the door, and I'm in the car, and we're driving to school, and that's like one of the banes of my existence is that drive to school. It gets worse every single day, I swear. The traffic is insane. We're pulling into the school, and Chloe says to me, Mom, I'm thinking, oh, God, she forgot her lunch, and I'm going to have to bring it back at some point. I said, yeah, Chloe. She goes, I forgot my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) How the hell do you forget the shoes? (laughs) That's so wonderful. (laughs) So I'm like... I was so proud of myself because I was pulling into that school at 7.59, which is a miracle considering how late we woke up. So I dropped off one of my kids so she'd at least be on time, take Chloe home, you know, so she can get her shoes, (laughs) (laughs) bring her back to school, come back home. There is throw up and diarrhea all over my bed from my little five pound Lily. Oh. Uh-huh. 
And she, oh, don't, don't feel bad for her. No, 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 no. <laughs> There'll be none of that. Okay. <laughs> There'll be none of that. She knows how to work those chocolate brown eyes and get everybody to feed her a treat without knowing anyone else has given her oh. a treat. So we all have to monitor that much more closely. But the throw up and, and diarrhea had leaked through every layer of my bed that I had just washed the day before. Oh. So peeled all of that, got started on work, dealt with all that nonsense through the day. You know, just it was just one of those days that everything kept snowballing and getting worse and worse and worse. I get machine gun texts from my oldest daughter. I hate school. School sucks. My chemistry teacher is evil. I think she's a demon. Can you do an exorcism? (laughs) (laughs) Complaining, complaining, complaining. At the end of the day, we come home and I'm like, okay, I'm done with work. We're going to, I'm going to make a nice meal. And then do you ever have those days where you're like, oh, all the bills are due. So I'm like Mm -hmm. up till 10 o'clock, like digging out the bills, paying the bills, taking the dogs for a walk. Anyway, I finish all of that. And Chloe says, mom, I feel really bad about making you drive back to school this morning. So I left you a treat in your bathroom. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Mm -hmm. So I go into the bathroom and she had run me a bubble bath and put all my favorite magazines and my two new books I just got and my reading glasses that I now need, um, a bottle of my water, and a Hershey Kiss with a Reese's Cup next to it. Oh, no, see, that made it all worthwhile. It made everything worthwhile. And I, I, I sat in the tub. I was telling Denise, I sat in that tub last night till the water turned ice cold. I was like, I am not getting out of here. <laughs> it felt so nice to relax. But as I sat in that tub, I thought, this day is so representative of the energy of this time that we're in, of these chaotic ups and downs followed by these subtle yet poignant reminders of what really matters in life. Exactly. So, so, so spot on with that. And also the, the, there's no, it just doesn't feel like there's any filter right now that Mm. people seeing people for who they truly are, not having any tolerance for things that, that hit your moral compass. Um, just I, I keep wanting to take my hands and say it's so done with that and and more so in um things that have they've they've served their purpose they're done they're over and and i mean big events in my life that people who are close to me know about but and not to exclude all of you who are listening but you know just changes in in work choices and, and other things but um it's it's very much a go time and that's when you said you wake up some mornings with a joyful thing this morning I, uh, I was really kind of replaying some, some things that happened over the week that were, and they were pretty toxic and they were, they were deep and it, you know how you get something caught in your head and you can't let go of it. You keep replaying it and then you start thinking of a response you should have had, but you didn't. Oh yes. All it the was, time. it was one of those. So this morning I, I gifted myself, which very, very grateful that I do this and I just wrote my way through it and I looked at it from different perspectives. And by the end of it, it, the blunt version is it was, when you get to that place of you realizing, oh my gosh, this wasn't my shit to own anyway. Why did I internalize this and feel like crap? Because I'm sure the other people involved with this didn't at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the boundaries piece feel like they're another huge part of 
of uh, redefining this energy because there is there's this levity there's this hope people are waking up people are really what i love 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 is people are aligning with um you know things that might have been uh, what's the word i want not really taking off or three steps forward two back all of a sudden it's gangbusters with big doors opening for folks so i do love that about this energy me too it feels exciting and exhausting and you know, uh, like we're at the beginning of a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> the, best of times, the worst of times. But I do feel that it's just that transition stage that we're all going through before something really big and happy is about to pop open for everyone. I really feel positive about the summer, like for everyone, you know, not, not just individually. I, I just, I feel like the energy is shifting. Yes. And, and it's not, um, it's not all rainbows and lemon drops and everything will be great if you click your heels together three times. This feels like a real shift. Mm-hmm. And, and so much of it seems to align with um, that inner knowing, that inner purpose, that, okay, this is what I really want to do with my life. So if I think people who, and this has come up a lot, lot, lot in readings the last few, few weeks or about the last month is I keep getting this visual of spirit pushing people towards a precipice to take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. So that that's coming up a lot. And I think for all of us. My guides are pushing me to sleep more rather than take a leap of faith. And I don't know about you, but with this new energy, I've been having the hardest time sleeping. Oh, it's been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I had when one of those damn uh, trackers on that would, would um, oh, yeah. monitor your sleep because I thought, okay, I need to know. And I wore it faithfully for about a week and a half. And then it started to annoy me because I thought, oh, no, I know I was awake in the middle of the night. Don't you be telling me that I was in deep sleep because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I took it off. And that was truly such a freeing feeling. I wear it for the steps. I do it for the movement, the stairs, all that. But I thought, you know, I'm not going to monitor my sleep because it's just stressing me right out. So that self-care piece. Yes. Yeah. So Denise and I just wanted to open the show just to kind of say, if you're feeling this funky energy, you're not alone. I think everybody is feeling it. However, both of us agree that something positive is shifting out of this that I feel we will all get a sense of as we hit more into the summer months. And I do think it's important to practice that self-care. And the message I keep getting personally is physical self-care, more so than emotional or spiritual self-care even. I mean, I really keep getting a message to slow down, sleep more, um, eat better, drink more water, just physically taking, you know, good care of yourself to get through this energy shift. And so, also g- grounding feels really, really important as well. Mm-hmm. Take, take grace on, you know, pretty much the same walks. We're kind of stuck in a routine with that right now due to time and everything else. And I made myself stop by there's this little, um, brook that we walked by and I the water was really rushing because I had a lot of rain and I just made myself stand there and feel the roots go into the ground and listen to it and breathe and it was oh my gosh it was like a week-long vacation in five minutes and I thought why am I not taking the time this was so simple to do I know so simple to do and so helpful you know I'm teaching that be your own psychic webinar this month and whenever I do that I always try to go back to the basics for myself just so I can get like in the mindset, you know, of the class. 
And so I was rereading a lot of Echo Bodine's work because I really think she's one of the go-to people besides my Johnny (laughs) who can help (laughs) beginners really learn about psychic development. And she has a really neat grounding technique that's different. I always tell people to picture tree roots coming out of the soles of their feet. Mm-hmm. Some people will tell you to picture a rope or an anchor coming out of the base of your spine. But she has this image where you just imagine white light coming through your body and coming out of the soles of your feet. And you picture two beams of white light turning into roots oh. and wrapping around the soil. Oh, and I thought that's a cool. neat image. And it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of easier than than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, the other suggestion she had, and the minute she said it, I was like, oh, you know, you know, like when you read something and you're like, I should remember this. And then you read it five years later and you think, how did I forget this? Right. It's such a good suggestion. She always wears a mirrored necklace around her neck uh-huh. to deflect any energy. Well, just like one of the little tiny mirrors that you can get at a craft store or something? Exactly, yeah. You can just go to, you know, Michael's, Joanne's, uh, AC Moore, wherever, get a little mirror, glue a little bevel to it. Um, There's also people online that sell mirrored jewelry. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. you know me. Now I want to spend a weekend getting little mirrors and putting little gemstones around them, but (laughs) (laughs) that'll have to wait for another day. Anyway, so it's also a good time, I think, for all of us to go back to basics. Yes, very much so. Um, and I love that you, you pre- because it's, it always comes back around. We still have to keep taking care of ourselves to, to do any kind of spiritually based work or just to exist on the planet. And as things are so mm-hmm. dense and heavy and funky and, and opening up into this new whatever it is, uh, I think you're, you're so, that's such an important part of this to remember is to take care of ourselves, get grounded, review what we already know, but might need a little refresher with. Mm-hmm. And, and give yourself permission during this energy shift to do things like take a long bubble bath. Yes. Or you stand know, like by I the brook. Really or... needed, yeah. I mean, I, I needed to switch out laundry <laughs> and fold the load waiting for me. And I needed to get stamps on those bills I paid. But I sat in that bathtub, mainly because Chloe ran it for me and it touched my heart. But also because I knew I needed that time. Right. So the other thing I wanted us to talk about on this show, Denise, is just, holy shit, we had John Holland on the show. (laughs) We did. And it was incredible and wonderful and, and normal, for lack of a better word. Yes, it was. It was. Don't you love it when you see the wizard behind the curtain and he's just as nice as the person you see on stage? Yes. That's so important. Have you ever had people you look up to kind of not live up to that ideal? Very much so. And it's so, and, and I think as empaths and as sensitive as a, or as intuitive mediums or whatever label we want to give ourselves, it makes it that much harder because we feel like we should have seen it. Mhm. Mhm. So just such a joy to know that he is as, you know, nice as he is on stage. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a huge huge treat and I hope you guys could email me and let me know. I hope I didn't fan out too much. 
I don't think you did at all. No, you did. You were incredible. And I oh, think that was... you were perfect. Well, we... It was just, again, I have to use... I know normal is subjective, but it just was like we were having a conversation with ourselves and someone else in a group. It, it didn't feel... Um, oh my God, you know, this guy is one of the top in the world, which I am so humbled and so blessed that he, he chose to do this with us. That was really, really incredible. I agree. What, was, what were some of your takeaways from that interview? Um, exactly what we're just talking about, that no matter how big you are, you have to, you know, he's, he's renowned and still has that humility, still is it's still about service for him and it always has been. And we, we've talked about this a lot on the show and with each other of if you're choosing to open up into this world, you're making a commitment to it. And it's, I talked to someone who is an intuitive. I was doing a reading for them uh, last week, I think. And we had this conversation about how you're either in and you're doing it because you can't not do it and you want to be of service and you want to help people or you're doing it trying to get either fame, fortune, or attention. And there's such a fine, um, it's not a fine line. To me, it's a very thick line between the two. And I think he's the epitome of actually doing it for the right reason. And I love the love that he does all of this stuff for the Coda Fund with you know the animal rescue, because that brings out that human piece as well, which is mm. such an important part is, Yes, we're, we're intuitive, we're sensitive, we're psychics, we're mediums, we're, we may be world famous, but we still have that human piece that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So what about you? I, I and no, you didn't fan out too much at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think what I took away from it is, is that piece that this is a life of service. And I found it fascinating that some of his answers made me feel that this world that he lives in can be hard on him sometimes with all the travel and the, and the giving and the doing and the being. And it was just interesting to see that and to have that as a reminder that when you sign up for this work, your life really does change. And I, I knew that. And I think it's one thing to know it and it's another to go through it. You know, my, um, my friend, recently went to a financial advisor, which I don't know if I recommend anymore because it was freaking <laughs> out. And she um, has been sharing all of it with me and it's been freaking me out. And sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, Samantha, what the hell are you doing? Like you need a job with matching 401k and benefits and you need to, you know, stop working for yourself because it's all you now all the time and you need to have better benefits and stock options and all of that stuff. And sometimes I think like, even if I did choose to walk away from this and get a normal job, which would be the death of me. So I'm not doing it. But even <laughs> if I did, like how, like how, how would you do that? Would you walk into, you know, GE? Well, Samantha, what have you been doing for the last 12 years? Well, I've been talking to the dead mostly. <laughs> Please hire me. You know, okay. I do think that when you make this sh this shift to do this work, it's it's an act of service on so many levels, but just on a practical level, there's okay. kind but of that a no ties in back with, point. Sorry, that ties in with that funky energy of that fear-based stuff. And I was at at my my work that does have some, you know, 
whatever. Um, and I was talking with a woman and she's ready to retire. And then she says, oh no, because I want to make sure I get this in place and I get reimbursed for this. And I get, and it was so, um, I felt like the walls were closing in on me with the way she was looking because it was all about the money. It was all about mm. how can I get more, more, more. And this, I think when, when we make a choice to do this kind of work or any kind of work that is so aligned with who we are and, and the message we came to share, we know in our hearts we're going to be taken care of. And I don't mean that you don't have to work your ass off and really dedicate yourself to this and, you know, be willing to put the time and the effort in, but you have to admit it's pretty magical how stuff falls into place once you align with what you came here to do. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think whether you're um, listening to this, choosing to become a medium or just trying to awaken and embrace your empathy so that you can really do what you came here to do, whatever that might be. One of the things that, go ahead. No, I, I just have to add in one more thing about how individual that is. Like what my level of wealth might be totally different or what I feel mm. I need to be secure or um, because you do. It's so hard to be, we're bombarded constantly about there never being enough. You don't have this in place. You're not going to make it. You might get sick. You might, what if, might, could. But for me, what what do I need versus someone who, you know, I'm thinking of someone else that I, I work with who, that's incredibly important to him that there is like an, a very, very large financial cushion that he's planned out the next eight years of his life right down to the minute. That, so I have to honor the fact that for people who are wired differently and want that stability and security, that's a, it's just that we're, we, we come in with different ways of looking at it. Does that make any sense? No, that totally does. And that goes back to that self-acceptance piece that you just have to accept who you are, where you are at this moment, and go from there. And if you want to be of service and you want to do this work, but the reality of it and the practicalness of it scares you, that's okay for right now. And don't fight it. Just right. you know, lean into it. Um, I think what I was trying to say in a roundabout way is I just think that we have to do what we came here to do. And part of that is just trusting just trusting that you are doing what you're supposed to do and that everything will fall into place. And I'll tell you in my own life, when I resist that, when I have those freak out moments of, Oh my gosh, I don't have stock options. What the hell is, I don't even know what it is to you know, as a teacher. And then now this, I don't have that. Um, I try to push that aside. And when I get out of that fear mode, that's when everything starts to flow for me better. And I think, that's one thing that reading John Holland's new book, Bridging Two Realms, can really help with because it's so all-inclusive of just embracing yourself and just learning about yourself as a spiritual being instead uh, of trying to check off boxes, you know, married, check, kids, check, dog, check, white fence, check. You know what I mean? That, that's not a life. That, that's a to-do list. Oh, very nicely put. Uh, but, but yes, and the book is an amazing resource because I love that he puts the first half of it talking about personal stuff, the spirit world, you know, uh, your aura, um, it, just planes of existence. He talks about all of these things that apply whether or not 
you're in that place of I'm going to stick where I am and, and stay with my stock options, or you're taking a leap of faith or you're self-employed, it's all information that's so, so useful to just being a human on the planet. And then the second half of the book is more about the psychic and the mediumship unfoldment and how to develop those skills within yourself. And I, I, I love, love, love that, that he, that I, that I think people, again, we're going to go back to, and this, I hope this doesn't sound ego-based. If you're doing this for the right reason, you know there's enough to go around and you don't have to, like promoting that you can be your own medium. I'm sure there are some folks that are saying, why are they advertising that you can do this yourself and it's going to take away from their work? Because it doesn't. It just, it just generates that, that there is enough abundance. Be grateful. Allow this abundance to flow in your life. And it's pretty... I must said a really colorful word. <laughs> it's, it's very, very amazing how it will all come in sync. But again, you know, I, we had a, um, a big psychic fair in our town this weekend. And I, I don't participate in those uh, simply because I don't like the energy of it. I, I can't really do a positive connected reading in under 10 minutes. That's just the way I work, mm-hmm. but I have, no issues at all with them. So I didn't attend, but one of my friends who attended um, did and had a little booth and called me to tell me about it. And she said, you know, everyone now is suddenly a medium and she's going off about how there's all these mediums. And I, and I look, I get that. I understand. You hear that all the time. Everyone's hanging up a shingle, but I held up the phone with her and I thought, I, I don't know, Denise, I, really want to somehow participate and help in some way in this universe to make mediumship and psychics as mundane and routine as going to a grief therapist or a psychologist. And if you think about it, there's no psychologist sitting in his office going, man, there's so many psychologists in this town. Why do these universities keep giving out these PhDs and MSWs? This is ridiculous. Because there's no competition with that. And there should never be competition in this world of spirit. The more of us out there, I think the better. And I would love, before I leave this earth, I would love to see a university that offers this as an accredited degree. Do you think that would ever be possible in our lifetime? Well, very much so. Oh, because there's uh, the Arthur Finley the, the, in mm-hmm, England, mm-hmm. and that's for psychic development mediumship. That's the whole college, right? There's a place mm-hmm. in California that you can do, and I, I shouldn't say things like that when I can't back it up, but I do know there's a school in where you can get a spiritual degree, where you can go for um, development, and I'm not sure the exact words, but I'll look that up so that I uh, can, but I think it's becoming a little more mainstream. But don't you think that that ties in with the shift that's happening right now, too, as more of us wake up and become more sensitive and realize this is just a part of who we are? This is that, that nudge as well of, again, I, I, I know I say this every time and I apologize, but as we find each other and we raise our vibration and more like-minded folks come together, that becomes more of a reality that just to be able to have these kind of conversations with people rather than staying stuck in our own little box and thinking, Oh my gosh, am I crazy? Well, you know, my daughter came home from school last week and she said, mom, we had career day. It was so much fun and blah, blah, blah. 
And I said, gee, honey, why didn't the school ask me? (laughs) And we had this big laugh. (laughs) And she said, mom, wouldn't that have been so cool? She's like, you could have stood there and done readings for everyone. I said, I know I could have had like a little desk in the back with my tarot cards and all the parochial schools could have lined up. (laughs) We were laughing about it. But I thought, I wish that there could be a day where that's a thing. Hey, when you grow up, do you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a social worker, a firefighter, or a medium? Right. Wouldn't that be so great? And I think that's part of what John Holland is on this earth to do. And I think that's part of what his work and so many other well-known mediums, their work is to do is to carry this uh, us along on this shift. You know, the... um. I think it's the Rainbow Bridge Institute that did all that wonderful testing on um, mediums. They did like the double, triple, and quadruple blind studies Mm -hmm. on mediums and the readers. I was listening to the woman who orchestrated that, and she was, um, you know, she's a scientist, so she has all these studies, and it was fascinating. I I need to send you the link because you would really love it. But she was rattling off all these facts. Studies show that people who have lost a very dear loved one do not necessarily benefit from therapy. The, and I, and please don't listen to that and go, well, I'm not going to stop seeing my therapist because I'm the biggest advocate for therapy. I think it always helps to talk to someone about it. But mm-hmm. what she was saying was that there are really only two known, I don't want to say fixes or cures because that's not the right word, but aids or assistances for grief. One is time, and the other is a reconnecting of the bond. So what she, she used this really cool example. She said when kids are little, when they're baby babies, and their mother is not within their sight when she gets up to go to the kitchen, they don't understand that she's just in another room. Right. They think the mom is gone, and they start to cry. As they develop, they learn, oh, mom's gone, but she's coming back. Mm -hmm. Then they stop crying. Well, she said the same thing happens for people who are grieving. When they've lost a loved one, they cry. They think that loved one is gone. But when they have a visit by a dream or a really neat metaphysical spiritual experience, like finding a lot of signs from their loved one, they have that reminder of, oh, my loved one is gone. She's just in the kitchen. And so she was saying one of her goals in life is to get people to see that going to a medium and you know, and she was saying like, you don't even have to go to a medium. You can do it on your own. You know, she was right. talking about Raymond Moody's studies with the psychomantium, which is such a terrible word for it. Cause I don't know, but where you can put yourself in an, in a hypnagogic state to connect with your loved one on your own. But all the studies that she cited show that that is what helps people move on from grief. And I, I want to share a quick story with that because I, I think that this ties in beautifully. Was I was really so um, so lucky. Last last weekend, I w- was involved in this um, healing temple for women. It was a sanctuary, and they had uh, five practitioners, and then women would come to this. And it was uh, I would love to have this lady on the show at some point because she downloaded this in a meditation and it laid out exactly how she was supposed to do this, this healing work with, with groups of women. So very orchestrated, but a very peaceful oh, wow. a day of silence. And the only ones who, there were five practitioners, there was myself doing 
um, cards in, in mediumship. There was a reflexologist, an acupuncturist, acupressure, a Thai massage, and then another woman, woman doing spiritual type of work. So the only ones who could talk to the people participating in this were myself and this other woman doing the spiritual work. And the, the women rotated through this all day and there was time to reflect and draw and they had a very healthy meal. And, but there was one thing, because you know how when you do group things or day things, there's always one thing that you realize like, okay, this is why I was here today. And uh -huh. this older woman came in and she was, she said, and I, we had, I had 15 minutes with each person. There were 15 people and they would do their 15 minutes and then they'd go on, they'd have five minutes and go on to the next section. And this one woman, she came in, she was older and she looked at the cards and she looked at me and she said, well, I heard that you can talk to people that have passed. And I said, yes, I can. Was that what you'd prefer to do? And she said, yes. And, and I got willies from head to toe and it's like, boom. And for, for those of us that, that do this on a regular basis and those of you who are open the door, when you make a really good connection and it just gives you willy from, from head to toe, it's an amazing, amazing Me? feeling that I just, I, I love that. I just feel so, yes, yes. You, uh, sorry, you just, you keep going in and out. Okay, how about now? Yeah, now it's great. Okay, so where did it end? And I'll cut this part out. Um, I just, the, the willies part. That I got willies, so I already talked about the fact that the woman came in, she didn't want the cards. Right. Right. Okay. And you, I could hear it all. It was just like fading in and out. Okay. Um, so anyway, all right. I'll just give a little pause. So at the end, the women in this big circle and they shared what would happen in the day. And she looked at me and she put her hands on her heart and she said, I loved everything that happened, but getting talk to talk to my Robert was so wonderful. And it, it really, it was so, again, I'm going to say humbling for me, but she, mm. Everything that I told her in the reading, she said, yes, Robert told me that. He comes and he tells me. And she, she had a connection with him, with, with her husband. And she just wanted that validation to know that she actually had the strong. So I think that's another part to really consider in all of this is sometimes you may have the signs, you may feel this, and, you, and I do. If I'm trying to connect with someone that I love that has passed, a lot of times I'll call you or I'll call someone else and, you know, people who do this work and, you know, just for that validation that am I making the shit up in my head. Right. Which was what fascinated me about what John, when I asked John about the changes going on in mediumship. And I do think that's something mm -hmm. that's important to talk about. We, in my opinion, we went from spiritual mediumship ages ago where it was prophets and oracles. And then we transitioned into physical mediumship where it was ectoplasm and things like that. And now, as John was talking about on last week's show, it's mental mediumship, which is where it's just happening in the mind. And it's quick and it's relatively easy when it happens. It's not easy to get to that point, but when it happens, it's easy, it's effortless, it's quick, and it's in the mind, which is great. And, you know, sure is a heck of a lot better than ectoplasm oozing out of a medium, but <laughs> it, it can lead to that feeling of doubt. 
Am I making this up? Is this in my head? Is this something? And so that's why I do think uh, reaching out to a medium can be a great thing just to have that validation. My thing is it really should be both. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should ever rely on a medium. I don't think anyone should rely on one medium. I mean, think about it. Like when I get a scary diagnosis, I don't listen to my doctor and go, okay, yes, you're absolutely right. I will listen to you. No, I get a second opinion and sometimes a third opinion. And I think when you're going through the grief process, that's a good idea too. Because some mediums are going to get through certain aspects. You know, like, like my, my forte, I am not good at names um, and dates and things like that. I'm much better at the emotion, the personality of the person, the characteristics, uh, the messages, the apologies that they need to bring through, the validations for birthdays or marriages or jobs coming up. But there are some mediums who can just get names like out of, like Shara Margolis, who can just get any name, boom, boom, boom. I think that's a whole other type of validation that's super wonderful. But we each bring our own, every medium has his or her own talent. I think you and I are very similar. I know when you read for me and brought my mother-in-law home through, you it just reminded me of a reading I would do, um, but even better. I mean, you were just amazing at getting her personality through. Well, I thank you, but I, I really think we're we're on a par, and we both have strengths and weaknesses. But you you just nailed a very important part about. I think that we gravitate towards that because we are empaths, and mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. going to align. I had a reading with um, a man last summer. He was from England. He had started at studied at Arthur Finley. He had taught classes there, but it was a spiritual. He did the psychic art. And what I did was I sat down with him and he started to draw and he, he didn't say much during the whole reading. And I thought, Oh, this is weird. And he's drawing, he's drawing and he brought through elementals and he brought through, and it's a really beautiful little um, like pastels and, and I, I, I love it because I look at it and there's so much depth in it. But every once in a while, he'd bring through this little quick thing, but it, it really was such a different type of reading. And he wouldn't have been comfortable talking about my father and this and that. He just brought through a different level, which was also, um, that's, that's another whole aspect is finding what aligns with you and, and the work that you came here to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what fascinated me then? Oh, I think we talked about this in the show with, with John, but also in the book is the inspirational mediumship. Uh, you know, that it's almost like the medium or the speaker is talking right to you and they know what you need and what's in your heart. And I think we do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our listeners do it as well because we'll get emails. People will say, I was at the grocery store and for some reason I just felt that I had to tell this woman that I loved her necklace. And the woman said to me, oh, my gosh, today's the anniversary of my husband's passing, and he gave me this necklace. Thank you so much. Things like mm. that. Um, we get emails like that a lot. And I think that's, that's a form of inspirational mediumship where you're just kind of inspired. And I think it's like if you can picture your loved one, let's say it's your birthday, and let's say your spouse or partner has unfortunately already crossed and is on the other side, and they want to get a happy birthday to you. 
So picture them with this bouquet of flowers that they need to get to you. They're going to go running down the street. And if they see someone busy and their head in the phone, they're going to know that person can't do it. They go to the next person and she's got two kids in her hand and, and a bag of groceries on her hip. They're, nope, she can't do it. And they're going to keep going until they find someone that is open and receptive to pass on those flowers. Mm-hmm. That's why I think when you and I talk about self-care, it's so important to practice that so that you can be open and receptive to pass on those messages. Very good. Point. And it's just subtle things. Like I remember years ago, my, I think my, um, my oldest was four. So I had a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old and was just in it to win it, you know, just always on the go. And one night I had fed everyone dinner and I had gotten them all in their bath and I just turned to Mike and I said, I really need a manicure. And I'm not like, I'm mm-hmm. not that person. You know, it's not like right. every Friday I get my nails done and my hair done. Mm-hmm. It just like popped into my head. I need a manicure. And he was like, go, go do it. So I went to one of those walk-in places and sat down next to this woman. I had changed my mind to a pedicure and we're sitting there <laughs> and, um, and her father came through. And I remember driving away from that thinking, what did that man have to do energetically to get me in that seat next to his daughter at that exact time? Right. I love it that just, stuff. It's just amazing. So you have to be open. But anyway, my other thing with going to a medium, um, I know I always talk too much. I meant to say two things. One was, yes, go to a medium, go to more than one medium so you can get a fuller picture, but also really start to learn and trust and and surrender to the own beautiful gifts that are inside of you and to the power and strength of that love connection between you and whoever you're trying to connect with on the other side. If you trust in that link, you will be able to get the signs and dream visits and messages that you need for yourself. Yes. And I, I think also too, because so many, I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier in the, in the episode is so many people are saying, I'm a medium, I'm a medium. If you go to someone and it doesn't align with you or you don't feel like they've brought through your people, don't, please don't say, oh, all mediums are, are a hoax because that's that's obviously not the fact. But another, you may get different information from different mediums. So, and that's always an interesting part for me when someone says, oh, well, that's not what she said, or she said this, or, you know, that comparative thing. And this isn't comparative type of work. This And it goes, I think we talked about this a lot with John, is that how Janet no havoc the trust piece that the honor spirit know they have your back trust in your own connection and, and build that self confidence so 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 important so I think as you're developing these skills when you get to the place where you don't feel intimidated or uh, that you, I think that's really important I do too. I do too. And, you know, we should do a show on how to find a good medium because that's a whole nother topic, but make sure you just trust yourself and your own instincts. If someone starts telling you stuff that feels off, don't feel uncomfortable saying this just isn't resonating with me. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. Right. And also sometimes you'll get a medium who isn't um, 
necessarily a fake. They're just not the medium for you and they're just not going to make a right. connection for you. And that's okay. But there's also the ethics piece. And John talked about this. We've talked about this. If you're talking to anyone, either an intuitive, a medium, or a psychic, and they're leaving you with a fear-based feeling, or it's that something negative, or that people in spirit are angry at you, please, please run as fast as you can, because they're not doing this from a place what's highest and best for you. I don't know. Do, do you agree with that? or I totally do. I totally do. In my um, in the Be Your Own Psychic webinar I'm teaching now, one of the first emails I sent to the students was, as you are reading for each other, make sure that the messages you get for each other are positive. Because this is the way I look at it, Denise, and tell me if you agree. Negative energy is really easy to pick up on because it's mm -hmm. so strong and it's so filled with passion and negativity so it's very easy to pick up on and so when you're first opening up it's easy to get the negative stuff and when you're first right. opening up you just want to be validated you just want to know that you are getting stuff and so it's an impulse of a lot of newer students to just pass on that negative stuff right. but if you keep going with your development you won't get the negative stuff as much. You'll get more of the positive stuff. And the negative stuff that you do get, you'll see in a higher light. So rather than, oh, I'm picking up that, you know, your marriage is ending, you might get the message as, oh, a lot of relationships are shifting for you. You're raising your vibrations. And some contracts that you made in this life are going to be ending soon. Mm -hmm. You know, so Ooh, that you're not very well someone. Put. You're, you're going to get divorced by the end of the summer. That's not good. But a lot of newer people will do that. And what I see in this field, Denise, that's so unfortunate is a lot of people will open up to this. They'll read all the books. They'll take all the classes for about two years. Mm -hmm. Then they start to do the work professionally. And it's, it's almost like a college degree. Like they think, well, I did that. Check, check, done. Now I'm a medium or a psychic. And they don't keep developing and studying. And you have to. That, that happened to me. I was doing readings for about a year. And I just felt like everything had kind of stopped. Like my readings just weren't as. Did it feel stale? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I was complaining to my sister. And my sister, who, you know, isn't into all of this stuff at all like I am. And she said, well, you know, Samantha, you just haven't talked about doing the stuff you've been doing. I said, like what? And she said, well, usually when I talk to you, you talk about how you just did Reiki on yourself or you just did a chakra balancing. And she's like, I haven't heard you talk about that. And I thought, that's because I haven't been doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was such a great reminder that this is a muscle. And, you know, I've never had an eight pack set of abs, <laughs> but I imagine <laughs> that if I did, it's, it's, if you can't get an eight pack ab and then, you know, keep going on about your life without doing sit-ups and think that eight pack of abs is going to stay. Right. It's the same with intuition. You've got to work it all the time. Yes. I agree with that entirely. 
very much so. And also to be open to new, maybe it's a new modality or a new technique or something that I've been thinking a lot about possibly doing some medical intuition training this summer. And just because, not because I want to be a medical intuitive, but because I feel like it will help me align more with, um, you know, people's ailments in spirit or, you know, Mm -hmm. when I'm doing, so I, you and we we've shared this as well. It never ends. It's a rabbit hole with no bottom because there's uh-huh. always something more to learn, to experience, to grow, to evolve. Um, and And that's the exciting part. Remember when we were talking just privately, the two of you, and I said to you, this is like a month ago, so you might not remember, but I said to you, I can tell where someone is on their spiritual development based on the last spiritual book they read. Mm-hmm. I remember this conversation. Yeah. Like if someone is talking to me only about like Dorian Virtue or Echo Bodine, I know they've stopped learning and growing because right. they wrote their books, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, and I just want to throw something into the mix is it doesn't have to be a famous person that you're learning from. It, it, oh, and, heck no. I mean, we mm-hmm. were, you know, the whole what an experience to have trained with John Holland, with Janet Nohavik, with other well-known folks. But, but also equally, I've, I've had such gems of knowledge and experience come through with local practitioners, with people here in Maine, with people, you know, in different, it doesn't have to be, it, it's, does that, you know, it, I think that there's a whole yeah. spectrum. And just because someone isn't, their name isn't in lights or they, they aren't published, it doesn't mean they haven't come to you as a teacher with, with some incredible val- and valuable skills to, to help you on your journey. I agree. And I don't even think you have to necessarily take a class always to, to learn. You know, you can learn and grow on your own through books, through podcasts, through meditation, um, and you know, what I, what I did early on in my development was creating my own circle, which was so yes. helpful where no one was the teacher, mm-hmm. where we were all just showing up together and sharing and connecting. I think that's really helpful. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of reading biographies. I, right. I've learned more in my life from reading people's biographies than almost anything else. And if you read the well-known mediums, they spent years in training. Like right. when I was rereading Echo's book, like I just mentioned, she worked on this for 12 years before she did her first professional reading. Mm-hmm. Gordon Smith sat in a development circle for, I think, 10 years before he got one message. Mm-hmm. That's commitment. <laughs> it certainly is. And, and, you know, we talk about John Holland when, when we were studying with him. He's told a story about how he would sit at night and read anatomy books Mm -hmm. so that when he got a feeling of an illness in the stomach area, he, he could say, I think it's appendix or gallbladder rather than this big circle over here in this area. Right. And he also big, big advocate of continuing to learn and, and always enhancing your skill set. There, there is no best in this. Yes. And I think, too, what we all should focus on is that 
union, that marriage of mind, body, spirit. And that's why that whole section he has in his book on chakras and learning to feel and see and sense your own energy is so important, especially as an empath. I mm-hmm. really do think it's crucial to learn to feel what are your feelings and what are someone else's feelings, you know, throughout your day to just kind of tune in and take stock and think, okay, why am I feeling this way? Especially with this new energy that you and I were talking about when we started the show. Like I said, most days I wake up so happy and positive and then throughout the day something will happen and I'll feel angry or impatient or worried or fearful And what I have to do is stop and go, okay, wait a minute. When did that feeling start? Oh, that was right around the time I was in line behind that lady who was yelling at the cashier. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go, okay, I just need to ground my energy and disconnect from anything I picked up throughout my day. Right. I I want to put in, this just came to me as you were talking. I think that that this book, um, you know, Bridging Two Realms is also useful if you're a plant empath or an animal empath or a sensitive in general, it, you don't have to want to be a practicing medium or intuitive to, to get such a, a vast amount of knowledge and, and inspiration from this book. Because I think I it's agree. applicable to other energies. If everything's vibrating, that's, that's the whole big secret is everything vibrates at a different frequency and tuning into the frequency. That seems like you could apply these two if you're an animal communicator or or you're working with um say mushrooms for example and that's that's a little shout out for a dear friend of mine who is starting this incredible business that is off the charts and just talk about connecting to divine with something in synchronicity so i think that this is Truly, everything, I agree. Everything we talked about, how we're being nudged, we're being pushed, we're opening up, it's finding the joy and finding the resources that we need to support that within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Making that connection within and without. Always connecting inside, but always making the effort to connect with like-minded people around you too, I think is crucial and with the animal and plant kingdom. Denise and I are going to be working on a show on plant empaths. And, you know, sometimes if I have a free moment, I'll try to do a little bit of research here and there. And a new study just came out, Denise, that a, a man has proven that roots talk to each other so that they don't compete in the soil. Is that not the sweetest thing you've ever heard? Oh, it's beautiful. And did you hear about the, the trees having the heartbeat? It's a really slow, I just started reading this article on this. I have to read more about it so I don't sound like a a nitwit talking about it. But that makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. because you can feel, and and I I shared this at one point where folks who are connected with plants or woods or trees is you can go into the woods and put your hands on them and you'll download messages. They're antenna. They're a connection to divine that's absolutely fantastic. If If you resonate at that frequency. Right. Exactly. Proving once again, Metakiosin, that we are all connected. Ooh, good. <laughs> that was beautiful. Smooth right into that. <laughs> good way to end the show. Well, we hope you all have enjoyed listening to our reflections on a very big moment in our life, which was interviewing our beloved John Holland. We hope that you check out his book. The back of his book has, that was one of my favorite parts, was just the reading reference. 
And I've gotten lots of great old books I never otherwise would have heard of from um, the turn of the century on mediumship and intuition and deathbed visits. That's been really exciting, too. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please consider telling a friend so we can grow our community. Take a moment, please, to leave us a review on iTunes because it helps other people to find us. And if you have a story of connection or synchronicity or a question that you'd like to share or ask on our Community Connection show, please email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Facebook. We are there under Enlightened Empaths. In the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.